Welcome to the Erasmus Foundation podcast. My name is Paul Nugent. Are you looking for answers to life and its meaning? Then this may well be the very podcast you need to listen to. In a series of podcasts, we are going to look at the difficult questions of life and apply spiritual knowledge to find out the answers. Hello. Today we are going to answer a question, a very simple question, and that is why I believe in reincarnation. We're going to tell you why we believe that reincarnation is the right choice for a belief system. With us is Mike, Corinne, and Pat. And so we'll start with you, Mike. Why do you believe in reincarnation? Well, hello, Paul. Um, I think for myself, Paul, the, the question of why I believe in reincarnation would start for me at a very young age. I was around about, I suppose, seven or eight years old, and my mother told me a story of when she herself was a young girl. She was very ill. She was rushed into hospital and she had to have um, emergency surgery. And back in them days, there wasn't the, the technical advances that there have been in, in, in modern times. And she was unconscious. And the doctors at the time were fearful for the worst. So they um, they called her parents at the time and her, her family to come round to the hospital, to the bedside, fearing that she was to return home. Mum explained all this to me. As I say, I was about seven or eight, and she told me this story about how she had what is often referred to as an out-of-body experience. She was drawn towards a light along a tunnel, and she said it was a, it was a lovely feeling. It was, she wasn't fearful at all. Um, it, it was a nice experience. But she was told at some point on that journey, she was told it was not her time. She was told, Jennifer, you must go back. It is not your time. And fortunately, obviously, otherwise I wouldn't be here today. But she, she, she pulled through. And after a spell of time in hospital, when she came home, she spoke to her parents and her grandparents about this experience and caused a lot of upset in the family because they couldn't understand, they couldn't explain what, what she had seen. She explained everyone that she'd seen in the room, what they was wearing, what was being said. And they said, no, you, you couldn't have because you was unconscious. And I suppose a little fearful at the time, they told her never to speak of it of again. When she told this to me, obviously being a, a young child myself, I being coming from my mother, I, I accepted this. I believed this. I didn't fully understand it, but I believed it. And having been told about her family not telling her to talk about it, I guess in my mind as a child, I kind of kept that story to myself, really. I didn't share it with anyone else, but it was always there in the back of my mind. And I suppose I just had a belief that there was something else out there. Now, if I fast forward um, many years, I was in my early 20s and I had a gentleman working for me who it turned out to be, he was a spiritual healer. 
very much like the spiritual healing that is given at the Erasmus Foundation. At that time in my life, I'd never heard of spiritual healing before, so I was intrigued. And after you know, many conversations with him, um, a little further down the line, I was actually introduced to his wife. And his wife run her own business. She was a reflexologist and she worked with spirit. She had the gift of clairvoyance. And she said she would often work with spirit would direct her to a certain part of the body that she could um, work on while, while giving reflexology. And she said to me at the time, she said, you, you, you find this interesting, which I, I did. She suggested to me that I, that I look a bit further. And I, I did. And to cut a long story short, I, I went on from there. I, I went to, I, I sat in what was called some development circles. This is many years ago, about 20, 25 years ago, maybe. Um, I went to meditation classes. I was trying to just, I was looking for answers because I believe that there was more to life, you know, after this, this, this life that we're, we're all living at the moment. And it was through these various spiritual workshops I was going that, that I found myself had the gift of, of having um, clairvoyance. So I could, I could pick up, I could sense spirit, I could hear, and at times I could see spirit. So... For me, that, that, that uh, and over many years, and, and, and then I, I met yourself, Paul, and you invited me along to, to the Erasmus Foundation, where a lot of these, these skills, this gift has, has de- gradually developed more. I would say the, the ability to sense spirit, um, it's hard sometimes to explain, but the easiest way I, I can say is if, for example, you were you are maybe sitting at a table or a desk and someone comes into the room behind you. You're not aware of that. And they're standing right over you. And you just get that. You're picking up their physical vibration. You sense that they're there. For me, that is how I, I feel spirit. That, that is how I sense them. That, 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 that just a vibration. So without any hesitation of doubt I, I have full acceptance of spirit now to take that further if you look at things with logic and reason there has to be more to life than, than just this one chance I actually have a relative of mine who I speak quite openly about the my beliefs and what I've experienced and heard and learned from the Erasmus Foundation over the years. And they don't believe in spirit and they don't believe in reincarnation. So I asked them, I said, well, what, what do you think happens when, when your life that you're currently living comes to an end? What do you think happens? And they said, well, that, that's it. They said, it just ends. Everything goes black. It's dark. It's over. There is nothing else. I personally would find that quite quite a fearsome um, belief to have. I would imagine that that when when someone is nearing the end of their life, if they know they are, maybe through illness, old or old age, that having that belief would be quite fearsome. I believe in reincarnation, as I said before, logically and you know, giving it giving it logic and reason that 
that life, that the whole world, everything around us is is a cycle. You look at you look at nature. We we, we take a tree or a, or a plant, for example, and it would grow. It will bloom or blossom during the, the spring and the summer. It may well create a seed. Come the autumn, that seed would drop and it would touch the ground. And if, if it's the conditions are right, that seed will then carry on a cycle and it would come back. Something will will be produced and grow from that the following year. Now, I know. So, so we're talking with reincarnation. We're talking about ourselves as a spirit. So, as we believe, or as I believe, that each one of us has an individual spirit. That that that, that is our that our true self, and. I believe that we are here, this, this life I'm currently living, and in a very simple way of looking at this, I would say it's almost like going to school. So we go to school to learn, we progress, and then when we leave school, we get a job and hopefully you know, we prosper well. I would say this life is a bit like a school. We, we come here, we, we're in this, this, my current life on earth, as, as we all are individually, and we experience many things within that life, as has been said before. I'm sure it's been covered in many of our other podcasts that, that we are we are here. We, we could be rich, we could be poor, we could be of any religion, any belief system, we could be any colour, um, we could be male or female. All of that will, will be part of our tapestry, which is our... our um, our lesson, if you like, within that life. Now, there is so much to learn within one's life, and we could never possibly learn everything there is to know. I'm myself, I'm quite, I consider myself quite hungry for learning, but I'm interested in finding out whether it be about different, different beliefs, different religions in different countries, different people. I make things with my my hands, so so um, do a lot of carpentry work. I like to learn different skills and different abilities. Now I couldn't possibly do all what's out, and I couldn't learn what's all out there within this one life. And also throughout that life, whatever whatever is put in our way, whether it be an obstacle um, or a junction we reach, we are learning all the time from each and every one of them experiences. And with that, we will grow in, in with spiritual wisdom. And so I believe that, that we would come back, we would learn so much within this lifetime that would take us to a certain point. And then when our humanoid body has come to the end of its life, we will then return home. And after a period of time, if it's decided or agreed that it, that it is right for us to take another life we we would for me that would just make logical sense it's it's a very hard question to answer um, if someone is looking for maybe scientific proof of reincarnation but all I can say is if I speak in honesty and truth so that is how I would feel. Um, about it without a without a doubt in my mind at all thank you mike so corinne what would you like to say on on the matter of why we believe in reincarnation 
Personally, Paul, when I was a teenager, although I had been brought up in a Catholic church, I was quite open-minded to other religions, to other beliefs. And when I heard of reincarnation in Buddhism or Eastern religions, it is something I thought I was feeling quite attuned with. I thought, well, yes, yes, why not? Perhaps we haven't got just one life. And, well, I was born in 1958, and I was listening to the Beatles and so on, and they went to India. They have been singing some uh, songs uh, about... uh, Krishna and so on. It was a little bit uh, fashionable. And you know, when we are teenagers, uh, we like to be in this sort of move. But really, um, it was making sense to me. But it was very vague. And to be true with you, some were speaking of coming back into the form of a bird or of uh, an animal that they like. And this was was rather strange to me. And really, later on, uh, at the Erasmus Foundation, of course, I have been learning with our teachers that we would never come back under the form of an animal because we are living in a growing way and a human will come back as a human and have a different life. Also, our teachers have explain it so well that it was then not only a vague feeling I had, it became really uh, not only a belief, but a strong conviction because it is only in reincarnation that we can see God, whom we call the great mind, as, as a good God. Because when we look on the earth, and we see all the differences between the people, some living in misery and despair, some having great fortune, many great opportunities. Really? Why all these differences? Would it be a question of chance? Well, it would be very sad for those who have difficult lives compared to others who have easy lives. But in the eyes of reincarnation, we can understand that this earth, being the university of life, we are all together living, but we have different levels of evolution and a younger spirit will have a more easy life and an older spirit will have a more difficult life because the more we incarnate, the more we grow and the more we are able to go through new, more difficult tests, perhaps, to grow even further. We have already explained that life is a a growing thing, evolution. And the the great mind offers us this opportunity to have 
different lives so that we can also be uh, different persons. We can be male in a life. We can be female in another life. We can be a Chinese person in another life. So all very great opportunities to learn many, many things. Now, the, the growing process from a young spirit to become mature spirit is a very, very long process. It comes in tens and tens and tens of thousands of years, in a way. And we can compare this evolution as an cone that is becoming an oak tree. And from an cone to a very beautiful oak tree, you know, there, there's really a great um, evolution. And it is the same for us. And the great mind offers us this, this great opportunity to have several lives. Also, some might be ugly, some might be beautiful, but when we when we look at reincarnation, we will be tolerant with others because who knows, we might have been living in uh, other cultures and other colors of skin. So in the light of reincarnation, we can understand all this learning process because Spirit has explained to us that to grow, we need to have seen all things to have been all things. And so it really needs several loves, Paul. Okay, Corinne, thank you. Now, Pat, we've heard quite a lot already, haven't we? Now, many people believe that we have a life and we die and we go to heaven or to hell or all that sort of thing. And, of course, some people live to a couple of days old. Some people live to over a hundred. So there isn't a very equal playing field, is there, Pat? No, Paul. And the, the very question you ask reminds me of a question I asked my father when I was younger. And um, this isn't to, to put anything upon, upon my dad because he is, in his own way, he's a... Um, a very spiritual man. He was brought up as I was in the Catholic Church, and that is his. That is his conduit to his God. I asked him that very question in one of my probing thoughts I had in, into life, and and I said to him, "What about when a young person dies? You know, and they haven't had the chance." to make a right or wrong decision in, in, in a sense, because there's, uh, there's a lot of judgment within the Catholic Church. And, um, and that was my question to him. And he said, well, you know, God will sort all that out. God, God understands all that. He didn't have any more to offer than that. And as I said, this isn't a criticism of him because that's what he had been taught. And he held his belief dearly to him. And, and, and so he should. That was his life. But it, it didn't satisfy me. 
in as much as it didn't make sense. It, it, it didn't seem rational. I hadn't really given reincarnation much thought at all, if I'm honest with you, um, until I met uh, Padina and, and came across the foundation. And in doing so, I'm very much drawn to Padina and the wisdom that herself and Erasmus and other spirits that were, were that were teaching us. Um, so I was open to think about anything that was offered to us by them. So when they spoke about reincarnation, purely and simply that we live many lives as humans, to to learn all the lessons that life has to offer. So I I quite quickly after that, in thinking about it, realised what logic and, and sense there was to it. Because the question that I had asked my father, that's where I found the key to that question. And people might ask, why would a young person take a life that maybe lasts only a month. And of course, we understand that spirits take lives, and we all do in a sense, not only for ourselves, but our lives and our tapestries that we take intertwine with others, and we affect others uh, as we as we live our life. And that's would be the purpose of a life that on the surface may seem quite brief and inconsequential, but it, it isn't because there's an awful lot of learning to be had through the parents and family and people that were close to that situation. So there's always, there's always meaning in, in everything. And quite often, a life is taken by an older spirit that is meant uh, in its entirety or the majority for other people. That, that would probably be taken by an older spirit. So when I thought about reincarnation, I, I thought, as, as Michael and Corinne have talked about, about being all things and seeing all things and, and doing all things. It, one thing it did do was it made my judgments of other people. As I said, maybe I grew up in a judgmental environment. And we are so often very quick to look at other people and judge them. And when I thought about reincarnation and that I may well have been <laughs> in that very situation in another life because that person is going through something however they're acting whatever they're saying or doing they're going through that to and it may be hurting other people it may be hurting themselves but they're going through it for a purpose and that's certainly one thing it did. It helped me 
think about when I found myself um, looking judgmentally at other people because I was probably there, and I, or if not, it could be me in the future. And also, when I used to look at other people, which in some senses is, is a little bit of a pointless exercise, but I certainly indulged in it from time to time, thinking, why aren't they <laughs> struggling with what I'm struggling with? And I remember, it may have been Padina, saying in conversation that maybe that that person had gone through that experience or through that challenge in a previous life. And although when you witness that they don't struggle with what you're struggling with, um, they may have already gone through it and maybe uh, going through a different challenge that you are not witness to. I found an awful lot of common sense and 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 rationality to uh, the whole concept of reincarnation, and um, it's quite firmly embedded now in my in my personal belief. So, tell me a little bit about karma. That's obviously something that we've spoken about at the foundation. And as far as I do understand it, it is um, a law within certain belief systems that uh, that if you do ill to somebody, um, that the, the, the law of karma is that a similar ill will happen to you within the next life. And as has been explained to us by a spirit, that is not so. Because that would mean that the great mind is a a judgmental and vindictive deity who uh, is, is punishing you for making a mistake. And within the lives that we leave, that are um, that are tapestried for us to live. We will make mistakes. That is part of the point of living a life on earth. So, the when we return home and we uh, go through the life, which is what happens, we retire to a place, to a hall of healing, and we go through our life in depth with an older spirit. And that's where the understanding and an even more in-depth learning of the life happens. And when we look at those things that are deemed to be um, negative and, 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 and hurtful and harmful, and of course they are and they happened, but we have to go through it with acceptance and understand why we did it and what the ramification was for other people. And all I can say is that as a spirit, I would conceive that that would leave us with a great deal of humility. And that would be certainly part of the learning of that lesson. Thank you, Pat. Mike. 
When we're at home in a land that's been described so many times by spirit as being idyllic in, and free and open and clear with, with great clarity is how Erasmus described it recently. Now, why would a spirit wish to take a life on the earth when he's living such an idyllic life at home? I guess, Paul, that, that if we try and think of that question as a humanoid as we are, that does seem quite a conundrum, doesn't it? Because exactly as you said, why would we want to take a life? But when we are at home, we have an open memory box, which is the memories of all lives that we have lived and every, every aspect of that within each one of them lives. There's a much bigger, bigger picture. The reason as Patrick and Corrine have both touched upon, is our evolution to grow spiritually. So when we are at home in spirit, we will have a, a much, much better understanding of the lives that we live on Earth and the reasons for it. So whereas as a humanoid, we might look upon someone who perhaps has a very difficult life and perhaps someone who has an illness. I can, if I, I dare say, and I'm sure my, my wife, Debbie, wouldn't mind me saying, but she suffers from an autoimmune condition, which at times leaves her in a lot of pain. And when I've spoke to um, my wife about tapestries and about reincarnation and taking a life, she would sometimes question me and say, I can't believe that I would have taken a life to have been in such pain as I am uh, at times. But again, and it's easy for me to say I'm not the one that's suffering in pain, but I, I would say that in spirit, when we look, when we look to take a life, we do have full acceptance that that is any hardship or any suffering that we may go through within that life, it is all just part of the bigger, the learning experience. And we have a much, much better understanding of this, I'm sure, in spirit of the reasons for all of this. If I'm honest, my focus on life is the life I'm currently living now. My beliefs in spirit, as I've said many times before, are very strong. And I do believe in reincarnation. I suppose comforting isn't the right word, really, but, but it's knowing that life is eternal. And I don't know how many lives I may have had before, and I don't know how many lives I may yet have to take on Earth. But if if you look upon, if I look upon the life I'm living now, whilst I have no desire for it to end, I don't, I don't um, cherish the thought of dying. I have no great fear of that, for I know that life, not as me, not as Mike, won't go on, but my spirit, it will. I'm not fearful at all of when that time comes. Um, Obviously, for all of us, you know, many of us have either friends or family, and 
and that that is only only normal, isn't it? Only natural to feel a, a bit of upset that that some of that will be left behind. But that is is, is just something I accept that that is how it will be. Okay, thank you. And Corinne, now when we live a life and we've come to the end of our life and go home, Mm -hmm. are we going to be blamed for doing things we did wrong? Are we going to be corrected? Are we going to be punished for anything we do here on earth? Really, Paul, I do not believe so. Because really when being honest, the most we learn is probably when we are making mistakes. And these mistakes are necessary. The great mind has made this, and he has made life on earth for us with flaws and weaknesses. Because in his wisdom, he knows that we have to to experience this to go through life with these weaknesses so that we may work on them and this will help us to grow. Now, the great mind knows that as being human and we have forgotten that at home we had uh, seen this tapestry and we, we had chosen this tapestry, we have completely forgotten it. And once on earth, it is sometimes difficult and some tests are being difficult and we may fail but in a way there is no failure because it is all part of the learning process and the great mind would never punish us because he knows that the purpose and the aim is in fact the spiritual evolution so this is something very much different to what religions are, are saying. But here again, the great mind is really wonderful and great and full of goodness for us. And we can have faith in this. And after re- we return home, there is no punishment at all. If I could just say a couple of little things, if you don't mind. I was I was thinking as you were talking, and one thing I wanted to clarify was that we are never told to take a life. I think this is important just to say because it's it's ourselves who choose to take the life. And um, for me, that's important because, as Mike touched upon um, his wife, asking why would she take the life she's led. And I've oft, I think we've often <laughs> wondered some, from time to time ourselves. But when we sit quietly and with the, the background of teachings we've had from the foundation and think about it, it's all about the learning. And to think about how we were, to try to think about how we were as a spirit at home, deliberating on is it time to take a life again and what sort of life should I take? And we have been told that we are offered three lives, I think, several lives. Um, And 
as a spirit, we look at it with the, the eyes of truth and clarity. We wouldn't take a life that was too easy because it would it would be like going into a a, a kindergarten primary school um, to, to learn learn the lessons there. And also, we wouldn't take a life where we would have to go into a postdoctorate PhD class that we know we that we just couldn't manage. So we know we we take a life that will test us, um, but we know that we can get through. So I just thought it was an important point to, to, to make that we it's us who choose to come down to take a life. And and something else uh, I just wanted to touch on was we've all had little experiences because we've all known each other many years in the foundation. And this will be true for people outside of the foundation as well, that people are drawn to certain things. We, we've said about karma and how each life isn't um, intrinsically connected to a, a previous life. But what can happen sometimes, as has happened to, to me, and I know it's happened to others, very quickly, I, I was in Barcelona and I heard some music being played by a local band, uh, a local folk band, and they were playing Sardana, a local music called Sardana. And there was one particular instrument within it that froze me solid. And I, my, my sort of, my mouth dropped open and I just, I found it irresistible. I just couldn't get enough of it into my ears. And that feeling was so strong and so powerful. Um, and even now I can I can sort of play it, but it never has that quite that strong feeling as it did in that moment. That uh when I spoke to Padina sometime later, she um she she uh confirmed that I had had a life there and and played that particular instrument. And it's just a little door opening within the mind, opening and closing again, maybe, just to allow us to touch on something within us, for us to ask ourselves, maybe there's something more to than the here and now. And it's and I think we've all experienced little uh, moments like that. That was really comforting to 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 have that, and it's something that I that I always hold within me. Absolutely. That must have been quite incredible. Let me finish off with a little anecdote of my own. Many years ago, I went to Egypt and Luxor, where these marvellous temples were. And I remember sitting in the temple late at night, the lights on and just relaxed. And I had this incredible sensation of being there before and being a fairly arrogant young man that we tend to be at that age. I thought I must have been at least a high priest or maybe a pharaoh or something much grander than, than, than maybe I was. And I, I remember getting this incredible feeling. I've never had it since, but the sensation I've been there before, absolutely strong. And I was told many years ago, um, again by Bedina, that I did have a life in Egypt at that time but I was a slave in the Valley of the Kings. And, and just across from where I was sitting, across the river, the Nile, 
was actually the Valley of the Kings. So which would I learn more from? The life of a pharaoh or a life of a slave? I'll leave that one with you. Thanks ever so much indeed, everyone. And uh, we'll speak to you again soon. The Erasmus Foundation is a spiritual teaching and healing foundation based in Laxfield, Suffolk, in the United Kingdom. We have a webpage, www.erasmus-foundation.org. If you would like to be a guest on our podcast, or indeed have further questions for us, then please contact me on paul at erasmus-foundation.org and we'll do our best to accommodate you. Thank you very much for listening.